Hilchah Shabbos, Perik Yud Halacha Aleph. Hakoyesha Kesher Koyama, someone who ties a lasting knot, Vuhush and Maisa Uman, and it's a professional knot, like a, a knot that the average layman cannot tie, like a Boy Scout knot or a fishing knot. Chayev is chayev. Going for example, Kesha Hagamalim Bekesha Asapanit. The the knots tied by those who ride camels, special knots that they tie the ropes to the camels to lead them. Uh, the knots of the uh, of the sailors. Kesha Ritzuis Minol. Those who knots tied by shoemakers that they make of a sandal. Those who make sandals. Shkesha Neratzoyin. They tie the straps of leather. Bishas Asiyos when they make the shoes. Vchenkoy Tzbehen Bezeh and anything similar to that. However, if someone ties a lasting knot, it's not a professional knot. Part in that case, he's part even though it's not allowed. It's not, if it's not a professional, nor is it lasting, that may be tied on Shabbos. For example, Ibo. Beis. for example. You have to go to the two of a if a person's shoe tore and he tied it, they tied the rope, the strap that tore. Uh, or a rope tore and some person tied it. Someone tied a rope to a bucket. Someone tied a um, a um, a piece of the reins or a bridle of an animal. He's a part of the person is is, is part of because it's not considered a professional knot. Any other kind of knot, and they're a, a simple activity. An individual who's able to is able any regular person is able to tie them even though, even though they last. If it's not a lasting knot, if it's a professional type of knot, that is forbidden, even though it's not meant to last. Um. As Ram will explain, situations where the person ties a knot, uh, and it seems over here the point about lasting is not necessarily whether it's a it's a tight knot that or whether how easy it'll come out. Uh, the point is is how what is the intention as to how long you want it to last. If you want it to be uh, you know, shortly after you tie it to be untied, or you expect it to be untied based on normal activity, as we'll say, or if it's a knot that you assume that you once you tie it, it just stays there like a vote. A woman is allowed to tie the opening of her, of her garment, even though it has two openings. So it has two strings that you close. And uh, the assumption is, is that once you, tie, once you tie both of them, uh, you'll untie one of them to slip it on and off, but the other one will remain forever. So if that's the case, by tying both of them, uh, by, or un, by, by, um, by tying both of them closed, you're essentially making a knot that's going to last uh, uh, for for all uh, for, the, for the foreseeable future. Uh, also, the uh, strings or the strands of a hairnet, even though even though it's, it's uh, loose on her head. So the assumption is that once you tie whatever has to be tied in the hairnet, you can slip it on and off without ever untying it. So you're making a lasting knot. Nevertheless, she's allowed to tie them. Because even though they, they, they could be the, the garment and the, and the hairnet can be slipped on and off without actually untying it, normal practice is to untie it anyway, so you're not making a knot when you tie it, which is going to assume, assume to, la- to last. It's going to, uh, presumably going to be uh, untied in the near future. But two is middle of a sandal, the straps of a shoe or sandal, that are tied on the foot, when you get dressed, uh, Pouches of wine or oil that are tied shut with like a like a like a, a rope or a string. Even though it has two protrusions, so again these are all knots which we're saying. Even though you may think that you're going to leave it there for a long time, the assumption is that uh, the person is not going to leave, uh, leave those knots for a long time. They're not going to last forever. Especially let's say if I wine and oil, 
even though it has two two openings, two protrusions, uh, and so essentially all you need to do all you, all you need to do is open and close one of them for the purpose of filling it and emptying it. Normally, the practice is to open both of them. Basar, a pot of meat. Even though you're able to open or uh, move the meat without, without untying the knot, there's apparently a knot that ties the pot closed. So again, uh, the practice is to untie it, so it's not considered a lasting knot. Vacation to leave you're allowed to tie a knot to a buck, a rope to a bucket, or to a um, a belt, or linen, or a cord to a to a bucket. Similarly, similar types of things. You may not, however, use an actual rope. So you can tie a bucket with a linen cord or or, or, or a belt rather, but not with an ordinary rope. Um, because if you tie it with a regular rope, which is a normal thing to tie a bucket with, you're going to leave it there attached forever. If you use a linen cord or a belt, it's not usually meant for this purpose. You're probably going to untie it eventually um, and, and, uh, uh, for the purpose of tying a proper rope. Um, so you're allowed to uh, uh, um, tie, tie closed a, a gate, which is, which is in front of the animal, like sort of lock it with a rope by tying it shut. Or tie uh, the rope to the animal's foot. So the animal should not escape. Even though it, there's two different knots, one on each side, one tied to the animal's foot, one tied to the uh, to the post, for example, that you that you are tying the rope to. So now the question is, you may you're worried that, for example, you may only you have one side of the rope tied to the animal's leg, one side tied to the post. Perhaps one of those will last forever, and you'll only do one of them. So you'll undo the one tied to the, uh, tied to the animal's leg, so the animal can walk around, but the one you tie to the post is going to stay forever. You're just going to tie and untie the other side when you have to um, restrain the animal. Or conversely, maybe you're going to um, t- leave the side of the rope attached, attached to the animal's leg tied forever, and the, others, and the other side you're going to untie, the animal will walk around dragging the rope, and then when you need to tie it, you'll tie that side. So why are you allowed to tie it on Shabbos? Because again, the normal practice is presumably you usually end up untying one or the other eventually. So it's not considered a last and not that's meant to last. Therefore, it's not it's not usher. If a rope is tied to a cow, she's allowed to tie it to the animal's feeding bucket. If it was tied to the feeding bucket, the trough, you could tie it to the cow. However, you may not bring a rope from your house You know that's not tied to either end. Um, or in other words, it's not a gift, it's from your house. The point is to bring a brand new rope and tie it to both of the cow and to the feeding trough. Uh, tro- uh, uh, the feeding uh, trough. Um, if, however, and that's because um, that's because you at that point there's a concern. One second. So if, however, it's a it's a it's a weaver's rope that you're allowed to carry, it's not mukta because a regular rope is not considered a keli. It's mukta. As a maybe a question of part of avis, you may bring in tied to both the cow and the feeding trough. So in the first example, bring a rope. Um, the rope that's been already tied to the post or to the animal's foot, and you're tying the other side to um, uh, you're tying it to the uh, to the cow or to the or, or to the other side to the post. That's that rope has been designated for the purpose of of restraining the animal. It's not mukta. It's a it's a keli. A brand new rope, however, is mukta. Um, therefore, it may not be tied on Shabbos even they've used it before.
All these types of knots are simpleton knots. They're not meant to last. Sometimes you tie, sometimes you untie it. You may at the outset go and tie them. Uh, the opening of baskets that are for dates, or for dried figs. You're allowed to break or cut off the, the rope and then take the food from them because they are tied for the purpose of eventually being untied to remove the food. Therefore, it's not considered like untying a permanent knot. Uh, as we'll see soon, untying a knot is also a malacha. Um, this example is an example where you may, you may untie a knot if it's not meant to be permanently, uh, permanently, uh, to last permanently. Anything which is fit to be eaten by an animal, you may tie it on Shabbos. Therefore, if a person's shoe gets ripped in a place where you may carry, uh, biblically, you may not carry without an Erev, but you can. You're allowed to take a moist reed, which is edible for an animal, so it's not mukta. Carry a and wrap it, or, you know, use it to, to wrap around the shoe to tie it, and then tie the uh, reed so that you, uh, even if you make a knot, you are fastening the shoe on Shabbos. If the uh, sandal stra- straps slip out of their place, or if a person's foot, uh, foot slips uh, out of the shoe, you're allowed to return the straps to their place, provided you not make a knot. Haniva, a rope or a loop, or a bow, uh, excuse me, a, a, a bow or a, or, or, or a loop. Muteris is allowed to be tied to fishing with the chlefas because it's not something which a person is going to confuse with a knot. And therefore, if a rope tears, you can bring the two sides together. Then you can bring a second cord and tie the two sides together. And then make a bow. You're allowed to tie a, a, a temporary knot for the purpose of a mitzvah. So just. Uh, um, so it's only as isdaraisa if it is a both permanent and professional. So in this case, it's a professional knot, perhaps, but it's not permanent. Uh, if it's for the purpose of mitzvah, you may do so on Shabbos. Um, even though normally it's asim uh, even though it's not meant to last because it's professional, but over here, because for mitzvah, chum permitted. For example, you're tying ropes for the purpose of measuring, using the rope for, as a measuring device for uh, either... Uh, le- me- uh, uh, distance or um, or to to measure a mikvah uh, with like a tool that had that was like a rope with knots that were made incrementally along the rope that was used for measuring purposes, so that's permitted. Nimas a string of a harp that tears. you may fix the string and tie it. you may not do so outside the mikdash. But to go tie a new brand new string uh, in the even the mikdash one should not do on Shabbos. Zayin. Uh, any knot which you are high for tying it, you're not allowed to untie that kind of knot. We touched upon this in the halacha gimel. Any knot which a person ties it is putter. If you untie it, you're putter. Any knot which may be tied at the outset, may also be untied on Shabbos. A person who winds together a rope from palm branches or from uh, Chayfel is apparently love grass. A mechutah temer, or from strands of wool, a mechutah pishtun, or flax, a mechutah seyer, or from goat hair, anything like that. That is a derivative, a tolda of tying a knot. Someone uh, 
wind together a rope using it using it tightly so it stays. So chayiv and Some would say this applies to metal twist ties on Shabbos, doing them and undoing them. Some say not. So that the rope stands by with the, with the tension of being twisted without having to tie a knot at the end. That's the mount that you have to twist to be chayiv. Which means that it's a lasting activity. Someone who unwinds a cord. That's a told of untying a knot. Provided he's not doing it, it doesn't be destructive. He's doing it for a constructive purpose, as all malachas must be. Surely, the amount to be chayiv for is kishia pesel, the same amount, the same measure for which you're chayiv for winding a cord. So, any cord which is twisted to the point that if you had twisted that cord on Shabbos, you'd be chayiv. If you untwist on Shabbos, you're chayiv for, un- for untying tests. Atevishet Tevir is someone who tears, excuse me, someone who stitch, uh, sews two stitches. Chayiv is chayiv for sewing. So the minimum amount is two stitches. Who provided? Shekasha, Rasha, Chotin, Mekan, Mekan. You tie the two edges on either side. So the stitch should stand and not get undone. If you tie more than two stitches, even though you did not tie the ends, the stitch will last if you do more than two stitches by itself, even without being tied. Um, a person who uh, uh, pulls tight or taut uh, the threads that were used for sewing on Shabbos, that's a necessary step in the process of sewing to pull it tight so it stays. Vav. So it sounds like I'm saying if you if you do do two stitches, you're not chayiv. But if you pull them taut afterwards, or for example, if one person sorry, if one person stitches several stitches and, and, and he's and he's chayiv for, for stitching and sewing, and someone else comes along and he pulls it taut so it lasts longer, he's also chayiv for sewing. They're both chayiv. Vav. Ayud. Someone who tears two stitches in order with the intention of. Of, of correcting and so re-sewing the two stitches, chayiv is chayiv. If just tearing to be destructive, patr is patr. Again, untying, or excuse me, excuse me, tearing is one of the third nine malachas. It's constructive because in the process of sewing garments or sewing material, you have to sometimes tear to realign it and, 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 uh, and uh, mend it. Uh, but just to be destructive, you're patr. Someone who tears a garment and he's angry or in, his, in, his, in his grief, uh, because regarding a person who uses chayiv to do so, uh, God forbid, immediate relative, chayiv is chayiv, or a teacher. Because he calms his mind um, and uh, expresses, you know, lets, lets out his energy in the act of tearing the garment. Now, if he's, uh, you would think that if he's not chayiv to tear, for, to tear, to tear career for someone who passed away, let's say a friend, but he chooses to do so, he's also um, soothing his mind. But apparently, because it's not a mitzvah, it's considered destructive. Since his anger subsides in this by this activity, it's like being constructive. Someone who opens a he's opening a neck on Shabbos, because that tearing is considered an important step in uh, making the garment useful. Someone who connects or causes uh, two pieces of paper, two pieces of leather to stick together using a, a scribe's glue. That's a derivative of sewing. The person separates paper or leather stuck together. Again, not to be destructive, but for a constructive purpose. It's told of, of tearing, uh, unsewing, the opposite of sewing. So if gluing two pieces of paper together is a told of sewing, 
tearing them apart after they've been glued is a tolda of tearing, which is the opposite of sewing. This is an interesting conversation regarding opening cereal boxes on Shabbos or other things that are, that are glued shut. Yud base. Habayna kol shehu. Next halach is building. Someone who builds even the smallest amount. Chayv is chayv. Hamash repay karka b'bayah. Someone who smooths out the ground inside his house. That he, he flattens a mound or he fills in a, cre- a crevice or a cavity in the ground. He's, he's, he's considered building because he's building the floor of his house. Even if it's a, if a dirt floor. And he's chayv. If it's outside in the yard, he's chayv for plowing. But inside the house, he's chayv for building. One person brings a stone. Someone else brings the mortar and pours on top of the stone. The person who brings the mortar, he's chayv for building. Not the person who merely places the stone there, though. In the highest row, even if a person just puts the stone on top of the, um, lifting the stone and put it on top of the top of the cement, you don't put any new new cement on top of the stone. So and, and so that interesting comes out that while you're building the wall, if you have some, you put stone and cement, stone and cement, stone and cement, and you put a stone on top of the cement, that the person who puts the stone there is not chayiv. Uh, the person who puts the next layer of cement on top of the stone is chayiv. But if that's the top, the last layer of the wall, and he knows that, then he's chayiv. Okay. Someone who builds the top of a keli is putter. So you have, like, let's say, like an a, a artificial uh, platform or stage, and you build on top of that. You're putter because it's, it's not attached to the ground. Therefore, the assumption is not really going to be permanent, presumably. Okay, you'd gimel. Someone makes a permanent tent to raise the and permanent in this case it's not clear if he means it's permanent because it's a sturdy structure even though you could take it down uh, you, uh, you, you, know, you plan to take it down perhaps but you don't have to and it could last forever in theory because it's qualitatively could last forever or conversely even if it's a flimsy tent but you put it up with the intention of it lasting forever uh, it's not clear what it means in any event it's a total of Building in Yuchayev. The Chena Isa Kliadama, someone who makes earthen, uh, um, uh, earthenware or, uh, or a kale made from clay or from the earth. For example, a uh, oven or a earthenware barrel or a pot, earthenware pot before you actually fire them up in the kiln. The person who fashions the pot on Shabbos, so he has a told it's a told of Baina, and he's Chayev for building this vessel on Shabbos. Now, the person who fires up in the kiln, he's Chayev for Bishel for cooking. The person who fashions it is also chayev for the other for different malacha, the malacha of building. Similarly, someone who makes cheese on Shabbos, of building, as we said earlier, because he brings different parts of it together and he makes one new piece. So he's, he's causing all these different pieces of milk protein to come together to make cheese. He's only chayev until he makes enough cheese that's the size of a dried fig. But if it comes to food, that's the minimum size. If person puts the handle of an axe into the axe and you embed it into the, into its place. That's that's a derivative of a building. Similar, so uh, you're taking two separate things, and making them come together. Some people question if in this case why Lego was not forbidden on Shabbos. If somebody uh, embeds one piece of wood in another, whether he does does using a nail. Or he he puts one in the other using uh, just uh, mechanics. Till they become wedged together. Again, that's a derivative of building in Yuchayev. You doubt it. Someone makes a small hole in a chicken coop. So the light can come inside. Because of building, because you're improving and increasing the 
chicken coop. You can't you can't have a chicken coop without ventilation. Someone who returns the a door to a well, a cistern, or the uh, uh, wing of a building. Because a building again, you are adding to the structure. Tes vav. Someone who demolishes any amount is chayev. Who provides you still? I'm not saying this. He demolishes for the purpose of rebuilding. If he demolishes just for to be destructive, putter in that case he's putter. This is why we say that Hashem destroyed the second base of Migdash to build the third base of Migdash. So therefore, even the destruction itself is considered a constructive act. Someone who demolishes a permanent tent, I should put or he separates a piece of wood that was attached to another, like he takes out the handle from the from from, a, from an axe from a hammer. That's the derivative of destruction or demolishing rather. For who provided that? She's got the sack. His intention is to be constructive, not destructive. Someone who does one bang with a hammer. Now, this is the idea of one the final hammer blow, which is smooths off the uh, uneven edge of Achilles. That one hammer bang is the final. Final, uh, it's like the gadvil. Um, that's the uh, final, this, this, you know, statement of, of, of finishing the work. Whoever does a uh, something which is the end of a malacha, that is considered a derivative of the final hammer blow. Ketzah, for example, when a peach someone who blows a glass vessel, this probably refers to the idea of of uh, heating the glass and just blowing a little bit uh, the shape to, to perfect it. Vatsar Baklitsuda is someone who makes a design or like a logo on a, on, a, on a vessel that's already finished, just to there's the finishing, the final step is the design. A feel even a part of the design. A Megara Kolshu of someone who uh, uh, smooths out the, the, the edges or sands down the edges of something. But Isaneka Kolshu makes a small hole in the Kaili, which is again the final final step. Uh, if it's a wood wood vessel, or I'm assuming whether it's a piece of wood or a piece of metal, or it's a structure, or it's a vessel, it's a derivative of the hammer blow when he's chayv. An opening which is not meant to bring in and bring out, you're not chayv for making the holes, it has to be chayv for both bringing in and bringing out. So the chicken coop earlier we said when you make a hole, you're chayv. That was for building. Uh, even if it's only chayev for, even even if it's only to bring in light or bring or 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 have the the smell come out. If you if the hole in the, by the chicken coop is for the purpose of ventilation to have the smell exit and bring in light, that case you may be chayev as well for makav patish. Yudzayin. Someone who pierces the blister on Shabbos to widen the opening of the wound. As the doctors do. That for the purpose of healing, they want to uh, widen the opening of the wound, uh, so it can, it, the air can come in, for example, to heal. That's for the the final hammer blow. Um, okay. That's the 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 malacha or the, the the profession of a physician. That's considered the final. Even though it's not a malacha per se to heal on Shabbos, although it's forbidden, it's not a malacha. So makavapata doesn't have to be the final step of 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 of, of a malacha like, like the malacha of making a garment or sewing and you sew the final stitch. You, you could even be, even if the activity like healing is not a malacha, but the final step is a malacha. So therefore, this is considered the final step, just opening the wound and letting the air do the rest. That's considered the final. The fi- That's the the doctor kind of does his last thing. That's the last thing he does for the, in the healing process. 
However, if you uh, pierce it to remove the pus, not to have the water come, the air come in, but rather to have the pus drain, in that case, Rezimutter is permitted. Yud Ches. Hamasatis is Evan Kolshu, someone who files down a stone, even the smallest amount. Chayv Mishim Akapatish, Chayv for Makapatish. Hamasatis is Evan Bisida Binyan. A person who uh, straightens the stone in the foundation of a building, taking the other and adjusts it with his hand, and puts it in the proper place. Chayv Mishim Akapatish is Chayv for Makapatish. He's not Chayv for building per se, because he straightens the stone out. Um. Sorry, I stand corrected. He's not only is he high for building, that's for sure. He's also high for Makav Patish. A person who removes uh, lint, threads, straw, splinters of wood, um, um, from a beggar, by hand, like the splinters that are found in woolen garments, that's the final step of Makabat Patish, because when you, when you finish showing a garment, the final thing is to make it perfect, you got to just get rid of all the little pieces of, of garbage there. And that, that's provided you don't like them. You're getting rid of them because you don't want them. So removing lint from a garment, brushing off dust from a black, white dust from a black garment, for example, or, uh, or lint from a hat on Shabbos would be the same thing. However, if you just took them off as... Uh, He's like, you know, just uh, mindlessly doing it. They don't really bother him. He's a potter. In that case, he's potter, even though it's forbidden. The person who shakes out a brand new black garment, to make it look attractive. And to get rid of the white uh, pieces of wool that are that are stuck to it. As the craftsmen do. Because that's considered makopatish. If he doesn't care about it, it's permitted. You test. Moving on to the mach of trapping. Someone traps something that is normal to trap that species. Chayiv is chayiv. For example, chayiv about infus of dogim, undomesticated animals like deers, birds, and fish, who provide shiotzonayis in the makom sheni mechus to say that you trap them to a place that they no longer require any more trapping. Case of example, going to the daughter of Achrit Tzvi, you chase after Dia, Shechnis and the bias, you until enter the house. Or the ginner regarding the chutz or a courtyard, enough in front of you, you don't in front of you, close the door in front of it. If you caused the bird to fly, you went into a uh, like a little uh, tower, like a, it's a enclosed uh, location. And all the fun, you closed the door there. Or you uh, uh, fished out fish from the sea. You drew fish, drew fish from the sea. Take safe into a like a, a bowl of water. Because now it's in a, in a, in a enclosed location. However, if you made a bird fly into a house. You can you close the door in the house. Or you or you caused the fish to to, to to you chased it out of the out of the ocean. Into a pool um, of water. Or you chased after a deer. Or it entered a large uh, structure. Excuse me, a large structure. No, but finally you close the door. Here's a putter. In that case, you're putter, even though it's not allowed. That's not a complete trapping. It's still still free. It's just it's not as free as before, but requires another trapping episode. If you want to take it, you have to chase after it again. And then trap it again from there. If you trap a lion, you not unless you have it enter its small enclosure, its pen. Shunasabah, which it's enclosed, because any other location bigger than that, you have to, yeah, it's not, the lion's not contained. It's very self, uh, self assured in its freedom. Chaf. Any location where if you go from there, when you enter it, 
to attach the animal again, you'll do it in one uh, one moment, one one lunge, without any pausing. Or another way of measuring it is if the two walls are close together, the sun, when the, when the, sh- the sun shines on one side, the shade reaches the other. Now does not say what time of the day he's talking about. That's considered a small location. It's also not clear what the uh, size of the walls are, but I guess depends on the, 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 the okay, anyways. If you have a, a deer uh, run into this place, for trapping, it's considered a small enough enclosure that putting a deer there is considered trapping. It's larger than that. If someone causes a, a wild animal or a bird to run into it, putter, you putter for trapping. Whether you're talking about the eight creepy callers that the Torah specifies to have unique dinim of Tum and Tara, or any other kind of uh, rodent or creepy caller thing, which are which are trappable, someone traps one of them, whether it's for necessity or not, or he just traps it, he doesn't actually want it, he just wants to, just to, 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 to harass the animal. Chayiv, he is Chayiv. Since he wanted to trap, and he trapped. Even if he doesn't actually want to keep the animal, he's still chayev. This is consistent with the Rambam's approach of Hamlocha Shein Shechlagufa is chayev. Hamlocha because you chayev from Hamlocha, even if you don't need the result, the behavior itself makes you chayev. Hatzadas Yashin Vesi Yisuma chayev. If you trap an animal which is sleeping or blind, you are chayev, even though it's already somewhat limited. Chav base. Someone who sends out dogs to trap a deer or a rabbit and the like, then the deer, deer runs away from the dog. You help the dog by chasing after the deer. You stood in front of the deer. You confounded it. Until the, the, the dog came to catch it. It's told of the Malacha of Tzad, and you are Chayiv. Even though you, the dog caught it, but since since you helped by standing in its way, you are chayiv. The same thing applies to birds. Now it's interesting that the, apparently it seems that this idea of having a dog trap the animal is a very very scary experience for the animal. And the Ramah writes that uh, uh, that this it's not appropriate behavior. And in his sefer called Darchim Moshe, apparently. Um, he writes that a uh, person who does this is not going to participate in the feast of Lav Yosun when Mashiach comes. Chav Beis. Excuse me, Chav Gimel. Tzish Nechaz Labayas. A deer enters a house. It's in, in the house already. But the door is open. One guy comes and closes the door. Chayv. He's Chayv for trapping it. Close the door traps it. No, if two people close the door, they're Pater. Because um, they, each one can do it themselves. The fact they did it together makes each one Pater. But if it's a heavy door, and the one person can't do it by themselves. If both of them do it together, then the chayev. If one person sits in front of the doorway and does not block the doorway, so the deer can still escape. And the second person comes and sits next to him, and now he blocks the doorway, he fills the doorway space. The second person is one chayev for trapping. If the first person sits down, he fills the doorway. Now the deer is trapped. The second one comes and sits next to him. Even though the first one now leaves, so, uh, so the so the, now the second one is remaining there. Now the deer is trapped because the second one's still there. The first one who sat there in the first place that trapped the deer, he's The second one who sat there after the door was already sufficiently blocked to prevent the deer from escaping, he's not. He didn't do anything significant. He's, and he's potter. He's allowed to stay there, sitting. He's allowed to sit there, remaining there, 
with the deer trapped behind him until Shabbos ends. And they can take the deer. He can't take it on Shabbos because it's Muktzah. The Muslim, what's the example of this? Someone who his house is, the door is closed already. And he wants to he wants to protect his house. He locks the door of his house after once it's already been closed. Then Tzvi, uh, and it turns out there's a deer in his house. So he has a clue. He didn't do anything wrong because the door is already closed. So locking the door, uh, locking a closed door doesn't trap the deer any much. Deers can't open doors. They don't have hands to open a handle door handle. Therefore, the door is already closed. The deer is inside. The deer is already trapped. Locking it doesn't add anything. So the same thing is over here. The first guy already blocks the deer in. Sitting down next to him doesn't do anything significant. If a, if a bird flies into your clothing under your clothes, uh, you can sit down and, and guard that you can you know put your hands down to prevent the, the bird, from, bird from escaping until Shabbos is over. And then it's permitted to take it uh, again. You can't do it on Shabbos. If someone traps an old deer who's lame or sick, then he is putter. We said earlier, if a person slaps and, uh, traps an animal that's sleeping or it's blind, that Yechayah, those animals are not considered uh, essentially trapped as they are. Right now it's sleeping or it's blind, but it's still not considered... Uh, right now it's sleeping or if, even if the animal is blind, it can escape. But if the animal is physically unable to move because it's sick, then you are putter. It's not, it's not considered a significant change. Someone... Le- re- releases an animal or a bird from a trap. Now you would think that if, tra- if like just like tying a knot is chayiv and untying a knot you're chayiv. So if you trap an animal, if you untrap it, you're chayiv. So we say no. If you're releasing an animal, you're not chayiv. If someone traps an animal, it's in his property. Uh, for example, avos and ducks, tagarin chickens, and doves from a the, the special section where the doves are kept, like it's like a. Um, uh, a dove kid, it's called. Potter, your potter, because they're ready in your domain. Person who traps, in other words, um, yeah, okay. Someone who traps a species that's not normally, normally trapped. Okay, for example, grasshoppers. Talking about non kosher grasshoppers over here. Hagizin, wild bees. Excuse me, Hagizin, uh, uh, wild bees, Tidoyin. Hornets, yatushin, mosquitoes, operation, fleas, ketzebeilu, and things like that. Potter, I mean, potter is potter. Chav hey, remasim mamazikin, dangerous, creepy callers. Going for example, the chashim scorpions, excuse me, snakes, akravim scorpions, ketzeben and the like. Apish and mitzvah, even though they don't actually kill. Hayol v'neishkes, since they do bite, but the Lord told us on Shabbos, you may trap them on Shabbos. Bu provides she's kavim, that's the lots of mishchason that you want to be saved from their bite. If however you're trapping them for the purpose of um, using them for something that would be a problem. Um, but who provided? She's and Excuse me, Kate said, "Who said what? What is birds supposed to do? You could place a, a utensil over them or a vessel over them, a mak of or cover them with something, or tie them. They should not cause damage." 